Welcome to the In Vino Fabulum podcast. I'm Patrice. And I'm Laura. We're your co-hosts for the In Vino Fabulum. That means in wine story. We think there are a number of tales to be shared about women and wine. This is a space to offer a narrative and chat about both. All right, Patrice, you ready to talk about mo money, mo problems? I am ready. All right. So I listened to an episode of Slate, who, you know, does the publishing and whatnot online, but they also had a podcast on the gender pay gap. And it was talking about how in the U.S. um, it was on track to shrink and bring uh, men and women's pay and salaries together, but it hasn't in the last little while. And so it was about a 30-minute podcast or so talking about um, what that was about and if it wasn't for the phenomenon of our overwork and our shifty 60-hour work weeks, we'd actually be reaching and shrinking the pay gap in the recent decades, and we still aren't there yet. So this is from their podcast. It's called uh, Better Life Lab, and they have a few series of different work and life. It's the art and science of living a full and healthy life, and this one just talked about um, the pay equity. So I thought I'd bring it up because I know we've talked about it before in other um, 3WEDU podcasts. We may have mentioned it on the Invino Fab podcast, but um, we have talked about gender disparity and what that looks like, at least in the U.S. and work life. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I was reading that and wondering, if, are they saying that one of the things to consider when we talk about the gender pay gap is not just looking at, okay, this is the male salary and the female salary, but that women typically work a lot of extra hours doing uh, volunteer work and things like that. And so that even it it actually makes it a much larger problem. Like their actual pay is less, but then if you add in the extra hours they work, it's actually much less. Yeah. So I'll explain where this is coming from. They had a researcher on it's uh, Dr. Yunju Cha and she's a sociologist at Indiana university. And she talked about, Um, a little bit about what you mentioned is overwork and gender. And so some of her research showed, and it was from an article called Overwork and the Slow Convergence of the Gender Gap in Wages. I'll I'll put this in the show notes um, that was published a few years ago. She says that um, her research shows that while the education gap is closing, so we, we know that men and women are reaching the same sort of education levels and degrees and um, professional competence, um, overwork has canceled out some other efforts. And that, that's for a few different reasons. So I'm able to equalize the job market and the salaries. The gender gap actually um, hasn't shrunk um, that much by 10% in recent decades, uh, not for the phenomenon. So the example was they gave a couple of stories and a couple of women uh, came in there to talk about their own uh, story of their job and growth and overwork. And one of them um, this woman, uh, Santi, uh, how it talks a little bit about why she went to become a professor and she didn't go into law. And the idea of living in a big city with loads of single professional women, she, she never felt the need to, you know, um, get married, find uh, a partner to do so and, and children and go on some path that people say, quote unquote, is normal. I, I don't know what that is. But that story really resonated with me because... I thought a lot about why I didn't go into, um, I got accepted to law school, I didn't go for the same reason. And, and thinking about living in a big city, there aren't a lot of pressures to 
uh, I guess, conform to uh, what the nuclear family was and what women were supposed to be looking at who were in heteronormative relationships, like, you know, find a partner, house, have children, picket fence, whatever that was. Um, I never had any expectations to have a family. And a lot of my work was really interesting to me. And the women I was hanging around, we were all professionals. So we all, we weren't really concerned about um, families setting up or planning for children or anything like that. The expectations were to uh, drive forward with career, but that's not the norm across the country. And there's an interesting article I just read about the um, what women or what's the average age of women in the U.S. having children about a decade ago versus now, and the average age was peaking at 2022 versus now would be between 26 and 32 as the typical age, but it, it varies across the U.S. And so her example was she moved to the South, she moved to Atlanta, where that's not the norm, and I moved to Dallas, and from Toronto was very different in terms of um, what does it mean to be successful or what are some expectations around family and how those stresses change if you shift to an environment that has uh, expectations of a partner or a spouse or childcare or self-care as you develop your own relationship. So that was um, an interesting story that I was kind of like, I guess some other women would feel this way if they are in a different region of the U.S. or have different personal expectations of their life. Um, with a partner and or having children without a partner too so what does that look like if you have different labor beyond the labor of work and your employment but other labor in your life that you have to attend to mm-hmm. and I think you know I mean it varies geographically but even institution or place of business you know e- each mm-hmm. has their own culture around, you know, expectations for, you know, working in the evening, answering an email at 10 o'clock at night. And I've definitely heard stories where, you know, if someone tries to draw that line, you know, that somebody will say, uh, they'll almost be criticized. Like, well, you know, like they don't want to work, you know, after five because they have to go take care of their family. Right. Uh, And that's a, that's a major issue. Or the idea of it's not that you're not working as hard as your colleague, it's just your colleague has more time to do X or contribute more, and it's a disadvantage if you're prioritizing other things in life than just the work and the role. And it's I think it's not intentional that other people get promoted or move ahead or move up. It's just they, the people that want to put more time in or can put more time in are often um, someone else that has a partner that can attend to some of these things. And it, it doesn't always have to be female, but oftentimes it, it is. Um, so we see that uh, some progressions don't go forward because um, so-and-so doesn't get mentioned because she wasn't available or wasn't seen as much on a project, even though she probably contributed to it a great deal. It was just, it, it's a silly thing, but a visibility thing of being in the office or being there longer or coming in early at the same time when it's, that's not what work is. It's not our bums in the seats. It's doing the work. Right. Right. Um, and you know, some of it does come down to choices and, you know, um, uh, as best as you can, as you know, you're on the job market or, you know, looking for jobs, trying to suss out that culture and making sure it's a good mix. Because like you said, I mean, some people thrive on that. 
or, you know, some people are at that stage in their life where they're able and willing and even excited to work a 24 seven work week or whatever it may be. Um, well, where other people maybe are making a choice not to do that for whatever reason. So, um, I, I would encourage people to, you know, try and get a sense of the culture before that, you know, if you are thinking about transitioning to a new job or even, you know, a new graduate on the job market, culture is a really important part of the fit. Yeah. And I think two big things that I came away with from reading that is, um, around, um, expectations and defining success. So one is, um, what do you want to give up to get ahead? And this could be ahead at work, ahead in life, ahead in family, whatever that looks like. So what are your expectations and challenges and how do you communicate that? Um, whether it's with a partner, whether it's with, um, people that you claim as family and some misfits around you, um, what does that mean for you to, move forward. So do you need someone else or something else? Like, do you have to outsource getting your laundry done because you need to spend more time? So that was one of the questions. And the, the second one is, what is being a successful professional as a woman, a female, people who identify as a woman, what does that mean to you? And what does that look like? Because it doesn't have to be like our counterparts and success um, might be a longer tail adventure and it might be a different path we're forging than um, just some quick rise up and that that's something to consider and something I probably as I think back to my 10 decade ago self I, I never really thought about before but you get perspective right by age and and those are two kind of questions that rolled off and because um, some of it isn't always just about family it's about your own care uh, your well-being you could be taking care of older family members or other family members or something comes up in life like a health issue or who knows what happens that changes your life or your whatever path you're on so I think those were things around expectations and what does success mean for you and how do you define that and I love that question I think that's a great one for people to reflect on but then also to kind of own it mm -hmm. and think about your choices. And we've talked about this in other episodes, but just like for teenagers, sometimes like social media makes you feel like you're not having as much fun as somebody else. You know, sometimes social media professionally can make you feel like you're not making as much progress in your career, that other people are publishing more or quicker or, you know, presenting or at conferences. And I think that that's a really good question to come back to, you know, like how did, you know, how did I find being a successful professional be, what choices did I make? What did I choose to give up or not give up? Or put on pause for a while. You can't do it all and do it all really well. So if you have to shift things around, they have that, um, the idea of the burner, you have four burners, all of them can't be full firing the whole time on your right. stove. So where do you have to shift a pot off or move something off while something else cooks and you attend to that because quality is better than doing everything. You can't do everything really well. So, um, yeah. Well, thanks for chatting with me a bit about it, Patrice. And I'm going to ponder that one longer and think about my, my long tail success. All right. Until next time. Until next time. This podcast wants to continue the conversation with women about stories and wine. So we'd love to hear from you. Tell us what voices, ideas, questions, and random wine facts you hope we'll chat about in a future podcast episode. Find us on Twitter at or on the hashtag InVinoFab. 
and will always welcome love or messages by email at infinofabulum at gmail.com. To stay tuned for the next podcast episode, please subscribe to the In Vino Fab podcast via Apple Podcasts, that's iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Remember, in wine, there is a story. In Vino Fabulum. Cheers.